RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Time to talk with our good mate now, Kiwi in Sweden, in fact, and that is Associate Professor Greg Simons, who is a lecturer at the Department of Communication Sciences, Tariba University, Riga, Latvia, though beaming in right now from Uppsala, Sweden. Greg, good to have you back. Uh, cheers, Paul. Coming, uh, it's becoming a regular thing, this. But we are dealing with one of the biggest stories, well, possibly of our time. And we're, we're sort of staying up to date with the Israel-Gaza. Well, it's a war, really, is it? Do we call it a war? It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, officially, if you want to put it in legal terms, it is not a war because nothing's been officially declared. So it's an armed conflict uh, within the, the legal uh, phraseology. Do we know... I'm just trying to think about about uh, back to uh, what we were talking about about a week ago. Things have moved on a bit, but have they? Do we know much more than we did in terms of on the ground than we did a week ago? Well, <laughs> one thing which is becoming clear that Israel is not doing as well as it would have liked to have done, uh, both on the battle on the battlefield. Uh, physical battlefield, but also the battlefield of public opinion around the world, yeah. uh, which is what they're losing even more so. I mean, you're getting la even Latin American countries are breaking diplomatic relations with Israel over this conflict. And, and that's recalling ambassadors and things like that, right? Yes, correct. Uh, and breaking diplomatic ties. So, I mean, this is unheard of uh, for Israel. They've usually uh, got away with quite a few things historically uh, without any repercussions. But one can see that this is coming with a lot of repercussions. But... I mean, like with these US-led Western wars, what do you do? you got <clears throat> two, two courses to take. Uh, you, you can button off and, and try and hope that the criticism will die down, or you double down, which is what they usually do, and this is what Israel has done this time. They've doubled down on criticism. They're labelling people anti-Semitic, uh, bringing in Holocaust, so that people keep their heads down and don't criticise. But th this usual tactic isn't working anymore because, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, th what people are saying in the criticism is quite reasonable. They say, okay, yes, everyone has the right to self-defence, but legally speaking, that self-defence must be proportionate. And this is extremely disproportionate. Yeah. And they quite often use what the civilian casualties are in a one year, over one year long war in Ukraine, as opposed to this war in Gaza. So you can kind of see, though, where that thinking comes from, because, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, um, uh, people being described as anti Semitic and the Holocaust being. Uh, brought up, and that's always been there in in our living memory, anyway. But um, that could be fading now as generations kind of pass away, and and the first people who were involved of that involved in that are, are disappearing. They're not alive anymore, and it kind of shifts to another kind of memory, does it? 
Well, it's interesting what you say because <clears throat> on the one hand, yes, <clears throat> excuse me, there are fewer people alive uh, now from the Holocaust, but there have been a, a number of the survivors of the Holocaust who have actually criticized Israel for using oh, the analogy because they, they are arguing that the Israelis are acting like what the Germans did. And, I mean, if we look at the Warsaw Uprising, which is quite often used, which was collective punishment um, against the Warsaw Ghetto. I mean, they raised the whole thing and butchered the population, uh, which is where you you had different uh, SS units involved, including the Ukrainians and this uh, penal brigade, the Delavanga Brigade, uh, which massacred civilians. And so what they're saying is uh, that they're, what do you say, disrespecting the memory by trying to use it subjectively and selectively, uh, and it's not legitimate or right uh, in doing so. Yeah, though, uh, you, which can, is, you, you can, though, relate to the mindset of that in your history and yeah. probably the... You know, the thought, uh, collective thought that, you know, if we hadn't been so passive, <laughs> we probably mm. wouldn't have been, you know, almost wiped out. So no more sitting around hoping it'll be all right. I mean, well, this is definitely, I mean, you had a number of those uprisings within, uh, such as Sobibor and uh, a number of the uh, death camps uh, during the Second World War because of that. They, there's nothing left to lose. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, when, when you come to that point, that's when you do that. And and so one can see, I mean, this, this is starting to happen for the uh, civilian Palestinian population in Gaza. What do they have left to lose yeah, now? That's right. And so then history repeats itself. Yeah, because... Initially, October 7th and the few days after that, and we discussed that last time, the initial reaction to all those horrible images, the atrocity mm. born, as people are starting to call it now, had yeah. people very sympathetic with Israel. It hasn't taken long for people walking down the streets of New Zealand and in other places, you know, um, um, chanting out from the river to the sea. So something yes. happened in a very short time that kind of flipped it over. I think a big product of this, uh, that people understand that this is not a proportionate response, and this has become a very emotionally based revenge crusade, if you want to call it that. Revenge not only for those uh, civilians which were murdered by uh, Hamas, but uh, I will go into that a bit more soon, uh, but also uh, the, the sense of pride was hurt because Israel has always, before this, caught them before the act. And this time, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, I mean, there, there have been those that have called this Israel's 9-11, that they caught with the pants down. And so this is not only something physical, but something emotional when your pride gets uh, dented like this. But also, it's interesting how... A number of the survivors uh, who have been repatriated uh, from Hamas captivity 
have actually not put the blame on Hamas, but have put the blame on the Israeli um, military, because one of the things which they say, our lives are worth nothing. Because, okay, if you look at this, I mean, Hamas took those people as hostages, as leverage, political leverage. And, of course, if we look at it, battles are won militarily, but wars are won politically. So this is the calculation. And these people, they have this special order. And, I mean, Netanyahu is definitely one to carry this out. I mean, he's quite ruthless in in terms of this humanitarian side. And what what has happened is they've been just levelling buildings where the hostages have been. And there was one instance where there were eight Hamas and about 24 hostages in one building. They just put tank round after tank round into that building indiscriminately. Two of the hostages survived. (laughs) Uh, All of the Hamas were killed. But you have this order. Uh, If hostages get in the way, kill them because they are a political liability. And if they're dead, they cannot be used. Crikey. (laughs) It's so brutal. Um, Oh, yes. BBC were reporting um, a gentleman uh, based out, I think, at Qatar, the political wing of Hamas, claiming Mm -hmm. that um, there were strict orders not to involve any civilians and was kind of claiming to the BBC that, or or saying that that we didn't do that to the civilians. The orders were strict, no civilians, only conscripts, reservists and actual combat soldiers were to be targeted. But can we... I mean, that's mm. now this is on the other side. Can we believe anything yeah. anyone says? <laughs> I mean, every war, no matter which one, you have a fog of war, exactly because of these political processes, these perceptions of legitimacy or lack of legitimacy. I have heard um, from a number of the Israeli critics, actually, that the majority of those who were killed, I mean, this is not everyone, were actually uh, not civilians, but uh, soldiers and security personnel. Right. Uh, so it's not as lopsided. But, of course, in war, I mean, regardless, I mean, when you start shooting, civilians will die. I mean, it's a matter of fact. Uh, and especially when you're operating in areas uh, of condensed population where you have a, a, a town, a village, a city, uh, civilians will inevitably die. And especially if you're attacking things, uh, civilian structures as a kibbutz or something like this. And uh, you're on so, adrenaline and you could be on drugs yeah. and who knows what. <clears throat> And just the heat of the battle, because if you see someone pop up just after being shot at, uh, you're not going to look to see if they're civilian or combatant. You will shoot first, ask questions later. So unfortunately, I mean, and of course, where are the front lines when all this began? I mean, there were no front lines because everything was all utterly mixed up because you had infiltration from these uh, small Hamas units. So in the propaganda war, we'll get to the piece that you've written. I think uh, as we speak at the moment, you haven't published it yet, so we get a scoop on that, but we'll, we'll talk about some of that shortly. But um, One of the other points that we talked about last time we chatted, and we've talked about it before, is the propaganda component of this. And it seems to be 
Gosh, to a new level. You know, the horrific yeah. nature of all footage, images coming through. Some are AI gen generated, we've heard. Some yeah. are, you know, repurposed uh, clips from other conflicts that have yes. kind of been messed yeah. around the with. The usual so, bread and butter of propaganda these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and given that... Um, you know, there's a there's sympathy now because of that um, disproportionate response. Sympathy for the other side, let's say. So, mm -hmm. what do you make of the this media, global media propaganda war that's going at the moment? Does anyone have the upper hand in that? Well, I definitely think that the Palestinians have uh, are gaining more and more sympathy, and Israelis are getting a bit desperate because their usual methods of shutting down <clears throat> criticism are just not working. In the past, they worked, uh, and now they're, they're mostly ineffective. And there's the, the usual things of tarring someone as anti-Semitic or, or something like that, it, it doesn't stop people. Uh, and, um, well, I mean, they, they haven't changed their tactics. I mean, they're, they're just levelling uh, city blocks. I mean, the continuing to bomb hospitals, bombing refugee camps, things like this. I mean, that, uh, I think in, in the last interview we had, I talked about uh, the propaganda and if something goes wrong, you've you got two basic ways of, of approaching it. Uh, one is to ignore it and to keep it out of the media. The yeah. other one is to try and justify it. And, I mean, they're trying to justify bombing a, a clearly marked refugee camp because perhaps, and they cannot prove this, you had one Hamas uh, leader in that camp. Uh, I mean, <laughs> most uh, communication advisors would say, this is not a good idea to justify because, I mean, it's just too disproportionate. You kill 500 people, innocents, for one. And, I mean, this is where you have the propaganda of conflation. There are no innocent civilians here. Everyone supports Hamas. These things. That's not a legal argument. That is a false logic. And this, in any court of law, this would not stand up because yeah. it's not a legal argument. <laughs> Um, the emotional response. Obviously, Hamas must have known mm -hmm. that they would provoke the most awesome emotional response from the Israelis by, okay, doing what they did, as we understand yes. it at the moment. Yes. Um, I mean, and, the, and so it has been. Yes, correct. I mean, if, when you're looking at this form of asymmetric warfare, so one side is much more powerful than the other, uh, I mean – then you're fighting by different components. So, I mean, if you... Because if, if you look at how the propaganda is used to justify... I mean, Israel uses propaganda uh, so to justify military action, whereas Hamas uses uh, military action to justify their propaganda. So, I mean, it's the opposite because they have uh, much less firepower to put on the battlefield. So, to and I mean, this is a bread and butter of these asymmetric, these insurgent or terrorist uh, kinds of warfare, because the the aim is to uh, to provoke 
a reaction that is disproportionate in order to uh, to influence the political side. Yeah. So that is to uh, have public opinion on the one side, but I mean, as he, a lot of people have begun to know, okay, you're killing all these people, you're leaving these orphans. What do you think is going to happen when you see those traumatized five-year-old children uh, in fif- in fifteen years? They're going yeah. to be the new guys uh, yeah. who, who are going out uh, doing such raids in the future. I mean, there's going to be an endless supply of them. And I mean, the, these, I, I, I don't know how you can call them, the, these ideas being floated by different Israeli politicians and so forth. I mean, one suggested using nuclear uh, weapons on Gaza. I mean, <laughs> the right uh, next door. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if we go beyond the humanitarian thing, I mean, there is such a thing as nuclear fallout. So yeah, big this time. is not going to be a good thing. But I mean, this is why I mean, you've had Pakistan, which has said if they are used, Pakistan's going to nuke Israel. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, uh, uh, there's that, and then this idea. Well, I mean, you, you've had this one. That we're going to drive out all, all of the uh, Palestinians from Gaza because that's the only way we get security. Well, where do they go? This is the question. I mean, and then they say, well, the Middle East doesn't want them, so they can go. I mean, one suggested send them to Ireland or everyone oh. take one. But then, okay, oh, you've had you, you've had these uh, Holocaust survivors and so forth say, well, this is the 1930s. All the Jews in Germany were to go out. No one wanted them, and 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 then you you, you had this what followed, which ended in the Holocaust. So I mean, you got these different historical parallels, which are selectively and subjectively used. But I mean, it's not going in a good place because, as I say, this is very emotional. Is very knee-jerk, and, and I mean, <laughs> Israeli security, and this is why you have a lot of these settlers that are new settlers which are leaving Israel. They're saying, we can't live here. This is uh, not secure for us any moment longer because Netanyahu's actions have absolutely destroyed any sense of security for us in the foreseeable future. Well, well his actions sort of uh, mask at the moment anyway a divided Israeli population anyway, right? It was only a few weeks oh, yeah. ago that they were, you know, on the streets going hard um, yes. against each other. Correct. I mean, Netanyahu, before this war, was facing uh, police and justice uh, department investigations. His uh, prime ministership was under threat. He was down on the polls and so forth. And some of the things which they're not showing you now, I mean, one of the links in that um, that, that article which you have the, the copy of, uh, I mean, it, it shows them uh, beating up these uh, the, these Jews uh, because these are anti-Zionist Jews. Yeah, so you I've have, seen that. It's brutal. It is. And I mean, you know, th- this is the only democracy in the Middle East, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's not looking very democratic. So, I mean, Israel is actually more divided uh, than it was, and Netanyahu is not helping this. I want to get to diplomacy in just a moment, as you see it, but um, um, I wonder, 
you know, given the emotional response, and it's probably never good to react emotionally in conflicts, yeah. right? You you need to no. really think it yeah. through. It kind of feels, and what do I know, that Israel might have stepped into a trap that was set for them here. I would think so. I mean, because this comes back to the, the intention. Uh, what was Hamas's intention? And it's not going to be related to military side. It's going to be related to politics. So Israel's divided. Israel, I mean, its image on the international stage, I mean, it's at an all-time low. I mean, on on the regional side, uh, the the Palestinian question is back at the top of the political agenda for the Middle East. I mean, it it had disappeared off. I mean, you you had these... uh, different Middle Eastern uh, Gulf states uh, getting into these normalization uh, of relations with Israel agreements. They're off the agenda. Yeah, they've they've all been blown away, right, right now? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's all at different levels. And you you had uh, Nasrallah, the leader of uh, Hezbollah, who gave his uh, sermon on this Friday, gone. And, I mean... Uh, many dismiss that. Oh, look, I mean, they're all talk. Uh, but you see what you want to see out of it. Uh, and, I mean, it, it shouldn't be ignored what he said. I mean, what he said was absolutely clear and unequivocable. But what it's also done as well is it set people in other parts of the world against each other. I mean, yeah. we're having a raging debate here, you know, yes. who who should be supporting who. So there's a you know, a, a, a divisive thing there, not the only place. Mm-hmm. It's happening all over the place. And you've got those immigrant populations in European yep. countries, which are sizable and um, yep. many young fighting age men, uh, part of it, that are also going to be, well, what's the word, stirred up at least by this. Oh, yes. So, so uh, I mean, if you wanted to cause that in the wider world, mm. well, that... They've achieved that as well, Hamas. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a very short-sighted response. And it's quite interesting because, I mean, you're, uh, if we look at what's happened in these last th- even three years, I mean, you've had these different fra- fractures which have been introduced because you've had this global propaganda, first of all, on coronavirus, uh, then on Ukraine, now on Gaza war. So... And it's interesting that the fractures go different ways. Because yeah, it's all over the show. It, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it, politically speaking, I mean, it's a real mess. I mean, so you, you have people which, which are anti-coronavirus, uh, but, for example, pro-Ukraine, pro-Israel, or different variations of it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's not doing anyone any favours by introducing yet another uh, split or crack uh, in each society. In terms of diplomacy, um, one of the interesting <clears throat> points that I've picked up on, I don't think it's been too widely reported, is the number of US politicians right up to the Secretary of State who have dual US-Israeli citizenship. Yep. So, okay, that's plenty of people have dual citizenship, but but in the end, whose side is who on? Well, I mean, this is what you call a conflict of interest. And if you're in a corporation, you, you can't be in a managerial position of one corporation 
and, and have a foot in another one. It's called a conflict of interest. Big and, time. I mean, this, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, and the fact is that this is not being enforced is quite interesting. I mean, well, look at Blinken. I mean, he's sitting on cabinet meetings in Israel. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's not saying anything. I mean, the U.S., you know, well, how do they call themselves? Beacon on the hill, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, shining, the, the, the shining city on the hill or whatever, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where is all, all, of, the, all of this nonsense about human rights and so forth that they criticise other countries for? I mean, they're utterly silent. And, in fact, you have an anti-diplomacy. And, I mean, you just look now, I mean, they're just, it's like a cult. They chant uh, this mantra with one voice. Uh, you can't have diplomacy, can't have a ceasefire now, uh, otherwise you're a Hamas supporter. Yeah. Uh, or, or yeah. Something along right. these lines. Or we will have a pause. We'll have a pause. Yes. Not what a ceasefire, a but a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how long does it last? An hour, two, yeah. a day? Yeah, I mean, this is all the stuff that uh, Huxley and Orwell, you know, with this double speak and <clears throat> new speak and all of the, this kind of stuff in, in one condensed uh, little issue here. Well, I've spent quite a bit of time in the US and, um, and have known plenty of everyday American people, and I'm betting that not, too many of your average U.S. battler, whoever you know, citizens, are aware of that conflict of interest. Uh, well, I think it, as long as it doesn't affect them personally and directly, they don't give a damn. Yeah, but their uh, nation's they, being pulled into, yeah. uh, um, you know, supporting or, or, or providing military assistance. Obviously, Israel is leveraging off the U.S. power in the doubling yep. down confidence to double down. And yes. uh, and that could draw um, U.S. I mean, Erdogan was waving around yes, the big stick. And, you know, yeah, and, and without <laughs> even realizing that they're kind of being led in for <clears throat> you know um, on a landscape they weren't aware of of where things sat. You know, Americans bless them are quite naive and detached from the outer world, uh, and generally speaking, as long as it doesn't directly affect their bottom line, if you want to call it this, they don't give a damn. They, they might virtue signal, uh, put a flag status on their Twitter or Facebook or something, but more or less ignore it and follow the news channels, <clears throat> which support their ideological views. But Until I mean, they're drafted. Course, Until they're drafted. Yes. And, and then they, they will get uh, a little bit uh, upset, shall we say. But yeah. until that point, or if it sends them into poverty, throws them out of work, something like this, it, it needs to hit them personally. Uh, and at this stage, it hasn't really. Although you've got US troops, which are being attacked in Syria, I mean, no one's talking about that. What are US troops doing in well, Syria? Well, they're, they're basically stranded, aren't they? Well, I think they're in a very, very problematic situation between Turkey in Syria, uh, I mean, and in the Middle East. And, I mean, you just get these idiot U.S. politicians who have this uh, – uh, it's not diplomacy. They're pretending it's diplomacy. But once more, they have these mantra slogans. They're going around to the leaders of the Middle East and saying, 
don't do it, like it's some kind of uh, social media campaign. And, of course, the, the, the Middle Eastern leaders just flip the middle finger and, you know, go away. Get it. I mean, you just look at, at the level of reception U.S. diplomats and politicians have received in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, they're getting the big middle finger. And and no one's so, turning up to greet them or anything. No, no, and they still don't get it. And you're getting U.S. occupation troops in Syria and in Iraq they're being attacked at the moment, and this is not in the news. <laughs> well, not in the mainstream Western uh, media anyway. Um, you mentioned, I think, in this uh, piece that um, you'll be publishing the uh, commandments of propaganda. It's probably um, a good time to just, if people already are familiar with those, okay, but uh, I'm not of all of them. It, it might be an idea to go through those because that will inform us, it, uh, allow us to apply filters to this incoming that we're seeing all the time from all, all angles. Yes, so, I mean, there was um, this uh, Brian Patrick in 2012. I mean, he published a book called The Ten Commandments of Propaganda, although yeah. the, the title of the book is misleading because there are actually 11 uh, okay. commandments yeah. of propaganda. And so the, the, the first one are con control the flow of information. Well, well, aren't, aren't they doing that? Sorry to jump in, but Israel yep. is insisting now that TV networks, the embedded journalists anyway, have yep. to show footage and show their pieces before they yes. can transmit them out for broadcast. Oh, yes. And, and they've Absolutely. agreed. And they've agreed. Yes. So they've rolled over. Uh, good fourth estate. You, they will get their treats. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that was the first one. Uh, the second one was reflect values and beliefs of the audience. So, I mean, this is, Israel is the only democracy of the Middle East, uh, Holocaust, uh, the, the, these kinds of things, uh, the, the right to self-defense. So, <clears throat> I mean, one, one can talk about this. Uh, disambiguate, um, use group pressure to horizontally shape beliefs and behavior. Well, this is what they're doing. They're using key influences and so forth uh, and putting a lot of pressure on. You're an anti-Semite uh, if you say something uh, which is not officially um, uh, accepted or endorsed uh, by Israel. So, Well, it's interesting because some of the thinkers that people follow, Douglas Murray is one. I think Jordan yep. Peterson is another, though I haven't watched yes. any of his pieces on it, but I've heard people say they have chosen sides and you'd think that yes their kind of superior thinking would um allow them to to move beyond that sort of binary thinking uh, but this this is the problem <laughs> uh, people are not uh, immune and, and especially those who have a higher education or intellect it doesn't make them immune i mean if you look at cults I mean, who do they draw in? Yeah. They, they draw in some of the more intelligent ones uh, because they are able to draw them in using these different commandments of propaganda. <clears throat> they give that they are able to influence it. I mean, even Douglas McGregor, who, who is uh, making rather, I mean, he's saying Israel is acting in a self-destructive path. 
but believes uh, that, that what they're doing is quite okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I do listen to what he has to say. I haven't caught up in the last day or so. Yeah, because you've seen a shift there. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan Peterson, who is wholeheartedly, you know, telling Netanyahu to go for it. Yeah. I mean, and so, I mean, one should not It's very difficult for someone like me. I I don't know. I can't speak for you. But for someone like me, when I see that, I feel very disappointed and kind of let down. Mm. Yeah. You're not alone. And, and, I mean, needless to say, I mean, what Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a, quite an unhinged level of uh, uh, shrieking uh, on social media. Yeah, but he's got a business model to support because he's the guy behind Daily yep. Wire, right? So, yeah, of course. And, yeah. and you, you wonder where the money comes from because we can't discount well, that either, can we? No, exactly. Yeah, you not only have ideological interest, you've got financial interest hmm. uh, and, and other hidden ones which are not going to be declared. So, okay, the next one was cognitively penetrate uh, and stick. So, I mean, this is what they're doing. These mantras, uh, which I was mentioning before, I mean, this is part of this penetrating and sticking by keep on repeating the message. I mean, like Goebbels said, I mean, tell a lie often enough and it becomes the truth uh, kind of approach. That is so true. That is so mm. true. Yeah. Repetition is just... (laughs) It's the thing that I, makes it work in the end, I think. Uh, to an extent. I mean, you've got those who are vulnerable uh, to this repetition and they will just uh, buy it uh, eventually. But uh, there are those like uh, you and I who are yeah. a complete pain in the backside yeah, yeah. who, who yeah. look at this from a different uh, point of view so it's not so uh, vulnerable to, to this tactic because... A, you're aware of the tactic. So, yeah. th- therefore, yeah. if you're aware of something, you're less likely to be vulnerable to it because, ah, this is what they're doing, rather yeah. than uh, getting what I, I call it groomed because it's a form of grooming. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean then, then they have the next one: uh, distance the propaganda from its source. So, yeah, I mean, you, you have. A number of these things, like anonymous sources in the Pentagon said, yeah, uh, anonymous sources in uh, IDF said, uh, and, and things like this. So, I mean, who exactly uh, is it? The the one in charge of their psyops unit? Yeah, their propaganda uh, unit. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Rather than this vague, I mean, this is this distancing because then they say, oh, look. The military, they know what they're talking about, rather than, well, this guy uh, or girl is from uh, this unit dedicated to uh, propagandizing you, and they say this is true. Yeah, on the condition of anonymity, how often do you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's quite tiresome. And then uh, accommodate informational needs and habits. So, okay, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, what do they need to hear? And so uh, you have some specific cultural or identity things. For example, I mean, if you look at the supporters of uh, Israel in the uh, Western sphere, these tend to be 
culturally and socially conservative elements. Uh, the, the, the same ones who during the Holocaust were perpetuating the, the Holocaust rather than uh, supporting Israel. And you, you had a, a swing vice versa because the ones who are identifying themselves as socially and, uh, and uh, identity-wise as liberal are the more critical ones. So, I mean, you, you've had a, this kind of reverse from the 1930s, 40s yeah. uh, in terms of the ones who support. But this is based on inf informational needs and habits. And, of course, socially uh, uh, and uh, culturally conservative ones feel threatened uh, in terms of their cultural identity uh, because of liberalism in its current phase. So yeah, that's their limit. need yeah. is to stick together with what they consider like-minded. <laughs> and uh, then address psychological, uh, spiritual, and social needs. And, I mean, well, uh, we've already been talking about yeah. Uh, yeah. some of this uh, and this, I mean, this Holocaust, definitely that, because you feel, okay, th these, th these guys are the victims historically, they're the victims now, we need to uh, support them, et cetera, et cetera. So, you I mean, you have these different false logics and uh, so forth. You, you also have this attempt to uh, cause um, bandwagoning that, you know, jump on board uh, the morally, ethically, virtuous side because yeah. you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I mean, basic psychological needs. So personalize and dehumanize as appropriate. <laughs> well, well, we uh, see that in spades, don't we? Oh, uh, Israel, I mean, they're calling uh, animals uh, as uh, subhumans, or, or all of this depersonalization while they're putting uh, pretty little Israeli soldier girls on TikTok and so forth doing selfies and... Uh, um, actually, all, all that, it's interesting that you mentioned the female element because it seems to me, anyway, in the early part of that, you know, the aftermath of that attack, it yes. was pretty female faces that really got yes. people riled up. There was the ger young German yes. woman who ended up, and it's so sad and it's horrific. And yes. I know that. But... That was a very powerful swaying image, that woman very on, much. on on the pickup or whatever, and then all the photos of the young women from the the rave, the, you know, the music event. Yes. Um, you know, if, if someone saw a picture of me lying there, you know, sixty yep. years old and a bit bit worn out from life, they're not <laughs> they're probably not going to lose too much sleep. But if they see a beautiful no. young woman there. Who's yes. been taken out? It's really going to wrench them. The power of that yeah. is so much more. Yeah, because I mean, you look at the personalization of the individual uh, as opposed uh, to what's happening in Gaza. Because that's quite interesting. Because I mean, if we remember back to what Stalin said, uh, and he was not exactly what you call a humanitarian, no. he said an individual death is a tragedy. Uh, however, when you get a, a collective death, it's a statistic. Yeah, it's a stat. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that that, that dehumanizes when well, you become that, a statistic. And as an example, um, uh, last week when we were talking uh, about this in another conversation, I think it was in our political panel, um, 
we we talked about that what I just mentioned more in a passing sense, not so much sort of analytical like we are now. And there yeah. were a couple of incoming emails. How dare you denigrate the memory of this person? All yes. we were doing was talking about those images and how they appeared and how they were used or the yes. effect that they had. Yet that was connected with some kind of denigration for even talking about it. So that's where it puts yeah. people. Emotional based. Uh, and uh, I mean, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. I think it was once uh, said. So, yeah. I mean. Did Stalin uh, say that? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I don't think he's quite into the aesthetics of things. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. So, uh, dispense truth, facts, logic, and science. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean do away with this because what you're dealing with is representations of truth, uh, emotions uh, and false logics and uh, the facade of science because, uh, I mean, this is all about not interpretations but representations uh, of what is going on Uh, because the, the whole idea, whether you be Hamas or whether you be Israel, uh, is to try and uh, prime and mobilize audiences to support your cause and oppose the other in this binary fashion, uh, good versus bad and uh, various shades of these binary and polar opposites. And uh, if we look at the next one, it's demonstrate good, good ethics. And don't get caught in brackets. So don't I mean, get caught. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't get caught. So I mean, the, the this is about, for example, we're entitled to self-defence, but don't get caught bombing refugee camps, hospitals, uh, etc., because that's not good ethics <laughs> at all. So. Uh, I mean, they've broken that commandment, uh, e- even though they're trying to restrict. And I mean, look, I mean, almost 30 journalists have been killed in Gaza so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, that must be it, unprecedented in the period of time. Yes. No, no. Uh, n- n- no, uh, no conflict in such a short space of time has killed as many yeah. uh, journalists uh, as this one. So that that was the the final of, of the commandments, but I mean, yeah, it, it's a pretty uh, cynical and uh, grim uh, picture uh, for sure. Because uh, yeah, war is politics by another means, and I mean, it's not only Clausewitz that said that. You had Sun Tzu, Machiavelli, ev- yeah. everyone historically has said so. You can't help wondering. Well, maybe it's just me. Um, okay, if if it was the intention of all parties to 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 make this into something in a cynical way, and really, it's not about humanity; it's more about um, wanting to destroy the person you don't like. But um, I, I can't help thinking that if Israel had reacted in a less emotional way, even though it's so difficult to do, yeah, and 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 said we're not we're not taking the bait here. Um, What you've done to us is horrific. We'll never forget it, and we'll do everything we can to find out who did it over time, like they did with the, you know, after the uh, attack on the 
the Olympics. You know, they they yes. hunted them all down over time. They hunted yep. them all yeah, down. Yeah, one by one. Yeah, 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 and they got them all pretty well. So, they could, <coughs> yes. so that the, 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 there's a precedent for that, and not yep. gone crazy and said, "Look, you know, um, you know, we we have to do this another way." I don't know how you'd put that, you know, publicly out there. And of course, many of your citizens would not want that. They want to see blood. But they wouldn't be in the situation now, and the Hamas provocation would have failed. Yes, correct, uh, because that's the whole intention to uh, get this overreaction, uh, and they got it with interest. And rather than than sort of self reflecting and saying, "Oh, we, we may have overstepped the mark here," uh, and buttoning off. They're not the doubling down, but I think this is due in no part uh, to Netanyahu because I mean he's in such uh, deep hot water uh, that I mean you have this one very ambitious, very ruthless politician who essentially has nothing left to lose because uh, I mean the position he's in. Uh, politically, uh, according to his domestic audience, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think the international thing really uh, factors into his decision making, because right. I mean, he, he's a guy who's addicted to political power. I mean, he, he's always uh, come and gone, but uh, he, he's not one who fades and uh, quietly into the night. And uh, but you can't have and, one man take down a whole nation. Potentially, it's uh, well. This is I know it's happened, what, but... what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Really interesting chat again, Greg. Thank you for coming back on. I reckon there'll be more as we go through on this. Really interesting to hear about those propaganda commandments. Where when is your piece being published? And if people want to go read it, what's the best way to do that? It's going to come onto a site called Propaganda in Focus, and. Um, this is a, a site dedicated to exploring uh, propaganda from a critical point of view. <clears throat> it's got different categories. So there's propaganda and focus. Um, it's by uh, a bunch of, uh, shall we say, renegade academics and oh, so forth okay. who do not follow the mainstream, oddly yeah. enough, and uh, put together th- these evaluations and interpretations of propaganda and its effects in different aspects uh, of the contemporary world. Okay. Well, again, thanks for making a bit of time, uh, beaming in all the way from Uppsala, Sweden, though with the University of Teriba in Riga, Latvia, um, Associate uh, Professor of Communication Sciences at that university. Fascinating chat. We'll talk again. My pleasure. Till the next time. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.